And do you know what sort of processes they're trying to optimize for AI? No. <laughs> Excellent. You ask so many difficult questions. Full of, full of detail. <laughs> Welcome to Cloud Realities, a conversation show about what cloud-driven transformation really means for businesses and humans. I'm Dave Chapman. And I'm Shao Kazal. This week, we'll be talking about digital change in the healthcare sector with new readily available technologies such as wearables, along with leveraging the huge amounts of data that, that we collect in all processes these days, consumer experience as well as clinical and operations are all being impacted. Joining us this week to talk about this is Tony Ambrosi, Chief Digital and Information Officer at Baptist Health. Hey, Tony, how are you doing, man? Good. Thank you for having me. Great to see you and great to have you here. Uh, maybe say a little bit about yourself. So I joined the Baptist about two years ago, coming from Disney, the Disney parks, and then before that from American Express. I have been driving a change and transformation uh, using technologies and digital for a number of years. So um, it clearly coming to so healthcare was, from that perspective, uh, the uh, the interesting place to, to be and, and go. So. Brilliant. Well, maybe we can start by why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, Baptist Health, your, your company. What do they do and what attracted you to join and go on a transformation journey with them? Of course. So Baptist Health is uh, probably the largest health system, provider system, hospital system in uh, South Florida. Uh, 12 hospitals and 26,000 uh, employees. Uh, long established, long revered in the communities that we serve and I came here, I was brought here two years ago to drive the digital transformation, to help drive the digital transformation. Baptist has been, you know, the board, the uh, executive uh, uh, committee has been thinking about, have been thinking about uh, digital and um, what it means and should mean for Baptist hmm. and its continuing mission to, to serve patients in the future. Right. And what was their current thinking on cloud, for example, just as you joined? Well, it was interesting because at that time, obviously, uh, as in most of uh, healthcare, cloud was not necessarily very well known or understood. Um, I think there was more fear and doubt than, and certainly in doubt than anything else. Um, so at the beginning, I, I heard, oh, um, cloud will not work for, for us. Right, and I right. thought that's that's strange. How can it not be? But um, obviously, it was in the part in the context of the larger transformation, digital transformation, where uh, cloud has a big big part in addition to all the other uh, capabilities, and and so now it's an integral part. We have started the migration of the uh, capabilities that we had on prem mm. uh, to the cloud about a year ago. I think we're seventy percent done, maybe. Mm. Uh, it's a two-year journey, um, and I think it's it's going very well for us. And what was it about cloud that were, was concerning to the organization before you sort of unpacked it? And uh, well, I think it was more the unknown, uh, yeah. frankly. And then, of course, um, 
Um, there have been concerns about security or lack of security, but uh, clearly when we went through and we talked through, I think people understood the benefits. Um, and uh, as I said, we're on way on our, our way. Well, let's talk about the benefits a little bit and talk about the, the structure of your business case before we get into the journey itself. So what was your business case predicated on? It can be sometimes difficult, I think, to set out a pure value case for a situation that is a little unknown. So where did you start? Did you start with cost? Well, it's interesting. Yes. Um, so this is my second cloud migration in previous life. We've we've gone through that. As a so you're like, a, you're like a veteran at this case. Well, I think two, I, two tours. Two tours of duty, <laughs> yes. Um, it's interesting that... Um, for for the technologists and the digital professionals, cloud is a lot more than just infrastructure and is definitely a lot more than uh, saving money, which it, uh, it does, uh, properly managed. Um, however, uh, in order to get the money for the migration, that's the, f- the focus of uh, the proposal. Hey, we will spend. We will save money. We compare it what we spent today to what we would spend in the mm-hmm. cloud for equal uh, equal uh, loads and increase over time. Um, however, as we were uh, saying earlier, for us, it's is not just it's not the money, it's not just the infrastructure, but it's that entire ecosystem of capabilities that cloud providers have, and you can just get them, uh, you know, uh, as they come, and not necessarily having to reinvent um, all that management or the tooling or the marketplace that uh, that the that these providers uh, have but uh, you know uh, you know you start with uh, really with the money because that's what uh, gets gets things going and right. then the it's 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 interesting how you know you have to build that case um, migrating to the cloud is is not cheap necessarily but what we did we looked at over five years Mm-hmm. How much was the cost of the day on-prem or our data center? The the need to refresh uh, technologies all the time, the uh, uh, need to uh, automate and to invest in automation tools, and then we looked at, as I said, the equivalent over five years of, of the cloud uh, with the expected growth in in both places. And I think what we've seen is a, a pretty substantial uh, cost reduction. Uh, from from that perspective, I mean that's that's terrific to hear because uh, a lot of people struggled to get you know cost savings when they moved to the cloud. And my, my perspective is well, if you were moving from a a really slick, very high uh, utilized environment into the cloud, then you might you might struggle with it a little bit, particularly if you don't get your head around FinOps. What was the secret sauce for you and your context? Well, it, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. If if you come from a very well modern data center that it's you know densely populated, therefore you you get the value uh, um, lower per unit of computing. Yeah, it still is a little bit more more uh, complex. We we had a relatively large uh, uh, data center. Uh, right. That was not particularly well utilized from that perspective. We were not talking about eighty to ninety percent utilization or, or um, the data center being full. Yeah. Plus, it needed uh, in, the, in the coming years uh, a number of investments in uh, uplifting uh, automation, and I think the case was uh, easier easier to be made here. Yeah, as I said, in a, even in a previous life, 
the case was still there. It wasn't as good, but it's still very positive um, for the for the migration. Now, one thing that, yes, it depends on what type of capabilities or loads you have, but costs can go uh, up if they're not controlled. Of course, if you have a bunch of developers um, uh, starting instances and, you know, um, uh, buying things from the, uh, for the marketplace without controls, it could get expensive very easily. Yeah. Yeah. But there are so many, by now, so many processes and tools and um, expertise to make sure that all the time you're optimized, what, whatever you have bought or used, it's optimized to what you really need. And that, that helps immensely. And to, to their credit, I think, at least the AWS that I know of, um, they make it, they're, they're supporting this, they have tools, and they provide uh, help to reduce the, uh, the cost my perspective on not realizing cost saving on the other side of the transformation, you know, depending on the aforementioned context, is maybe they haven't got mature FinOps processes in place. So exactly to your point, if it's if it's left unguarded, then costs can run up. But you must have brought some experience to that conversation. Absolutely. And and as I said, to to their credit, um even if you we didn't know about it in the first uh first go, um Amazon or AWS, um, they they tell you, hey, you should. This is how you optimize. These are the tools. Can we help you? I think their their business case is is through volume, not through you know to through uh, consumers or customers using mm. a lot more for a lot more things versus uh, inefficiency or uh, unit unit prices. Did they also uh, support it with the actual migration? Uh, the absolutely, um, as as much as we needed, absolutely. Uh, they're very. They've been. Uh, we have a great uh, account team from them, and, and very very supportive, and um, and providing whatever we needed. Yes. Okay, that sounds good. They've been through this journey, um, you know, a hundred thousand times. So yeah, they're, they're pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so you've set yourself up. Nicely, you've got yourself a business case that's kind of got a robust underpinning from a financial perspective. You're, you're on the journey. Now, let's just take a little bit of a step back and, and talk about the business context within which you were operating. So tell us a little bit about the U.S. healthcare market um, as was present at the point you were making some of these decisions. What was, what was going on? Well, I think healthcare, probably across the world, definitely in the United States, has been behind in terms of technology and digital for quite a while. Um, so, which, which of, is a little ironic, given things like wearables and you know, oh, kind of personal technology is really in that space, isn't it? And then that that's that's true. Um, but you know, I think the f- the focus had been uh, elsewhere and maybe high acuity areas. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um, you know, even on the technology side, I think you know, somewhat behind uh, across the board. And um, that's that's the that's the that's the context. So, so part of what uh, you know, uh, folks like me are trying to do is to basically raise that bar across the board, and frankly, catching up catch up with the world, uh, so to speak, you know, both from a a technology perspective, but also Mm -hmm. from a um, consumer capabilities perspective, because in that space, the consumers, the consumers uh, 
don't judge us necessarily or individual hospitals comparing to other hospitals. They judge us comparing to their other digital experiences. And, right. And right. so you have to compete with how easy it is to shop on Amazon or, you know, on Disney or, or what have you. Um, so there is an element of catching up, uh, frankly, that, you know, we're well on our way uh, for that. And I think you described the situation in the healthcare system at, the, at that point as a bit of a perfect storm. I wonder if you can just unpack what you meant by that. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, you know, it started with, <clears throat> it became obvious with the pandemic and it was a terrible, uh, a terrible tragedy, tragedy mm-hmm. um, very stressing, very demanding on uh, healthcare across the world, on all systems, uh, on the individuals, the healthcare providers themselves, the nurses and the doctors. And then after that, as we were coming out, then we, we have been, we're encountering all of us this issue with inflation everywhere, um, and yeah. so that's that's number two. But also is the consumer uh, expectations being a lot higher, especially d- during the, you know, where with during the micro the pandemic, uh, a lot of uh, consumers have been using uh, digital experiences to to great great results. Now the expectations are much high, much higher. Um, which is something that started before the pandemic, but I think it's accelerated. There is an expectation of being able to find, being able to book, being able to uh, check in, being able to have telehealth that um, that did require a lot of uh, transformation and, and technology and, and digital, which in, in turn, um, you know, requires things like the cloud, uh, AI and ML and so on and so forth. So as you were looking then at, about to specific business transformation elements. What are the core technologies and experience changes that you wanted to make in your organization? Um, definitely focusing on, especially on the on the digital experience side, focusing on those uh, experiences for consumers. And I, you know, usually they're called front door, and I really don't like that because it's it, it's a you know. Um, the wrong paradigm uh, yeah. mental model, if you want, but everything that the patient needs to um, have access to the uh, the care and have access to their information in the most uh, effective way, that has been the the, the core focus of, at the beginning. And then, and then it, it moving uh, to the next uh, area is is really about. Um, improving the experience for providers as much as possible hmm. through using technologies um, and, and the digital experiences. How do we make things better for those uh, that, that need, that use the internal systems? And it's just to say a variety of things. Some of it is really help, helping transform some of the processes that we have, which is always difficult. Others is based on uh, thought through product management, introducing new capabilities or new tools. Right. So it's a real end-to-end ecosystem play rather than purely a consumer experience play. Yeah, absolutely. It has to be. And then there's a, by the way, there's a third part, which is the really the operations, looking at the mm-hmm. operations, because they all come together. Now, when you start, you have to start somewhere. Then, you know, we started, you know, on the consumer side, but clearly um, also on the other two parts, providers and and operations. Um, And now as the consumer part is, I think, going very well, now focusing more on the uh, clinical provider experience and and the things in, uh, in operations or administration or what have you. 
because they do come together. They they work together. The patient having better access and the um, uh, the providers being able to provide more care or simpler in simpler ways, mm. and then with the operations providing the an underlying support for both both to have for both of those to happen. Um, and as I, I always say, is the, if we can make things easier and better, we can provide more care and sooner, and that's good for patients. Absolutely. And are you also within the right regulationary framework, of course, harvesting data that might improve clinical outputs eventually? Uh, we are looking at that. To be very clear, we're not selling data. There's yeah. just yeah, no yeah. way. No. Um, where there is, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, their protections, but even beyond that, it would be not the right thing for us to do. But Absolutely. really mining the data in order to provide better care in whether it's purely clinical, purely um, uh, medical, or maybe as a way to understand and uh, make, make our operations more, more efficient. Absolutely, that's, that's something that, you know, the people say, you know, the data is the new oil, but uh, in order to get the oil into gasoline, into our tanks, there's all those infrastructure that, that needs mm-hmm. to be, uh, that needs to be created. Yeah. Maybe just to bring our uh, conversation today to a bit of a conclusion, I'm interested in what you did with your IT organization, because you've obviously gone through a huge technical change, which is uh, giving you the platform on which you can deliver these new experiences and new backend optimizations. What impact did it have on your IT organization and, and how did you negotiate that change? And so first of all, uh, this is still ongoing. Um, we we're two years and probably in a five-year transformation. And even that is a little bit misleading because these things are not projects where they start and an end yeah and then in like five years we finish the digital transformation and we're done no obviously as i said we're catching up and then we're going to start evolving i always think the behaviors and the way that you end up working during the transformation is the way that you will end up working post the transformation the sense of sort of iterative discovery uh, that that's exactly right. That's a great point. Uh, however, sometimes that is missed, and everybody looked at uh, looks at yeah, this, this is the change during mm. the, the the transformation process. But then we we go back to not go back to how we did it change. before, yeah. not having to change. So we haven't learned. We're not learning that we need how to change all the time and and um, and regularly. So it's 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 still a, a, a definitely a process. There's so much to do and so much we can do. That is part of the what attracted me to healthcare in the first place, by the way, which is there's so much opportunity. And, you know, as a, as a patient myself, I see the opportunities and um, it's very clear uh, to me that, hey, there are so many things that we could do. I know we can do them and we are doing them. But and that, that was the, the, the attraction, uh, attraction for me. Do you have an example so far on your journey that you're particularly pleased about, whether it be to do with the cloud transformation and the cost reduction or whether it be to do with a new experience delivered that you could share with us? I think, you know, it's been, is clearly these things are not easy for anybody. There's a lot of investment that needs to be made and a lot of change and a lot of uh, hard, hard work um, involved. Yes, cloud is, uh, is definitely something that uh, we're very pleased, not just because of the, the money, uh, frankly, but because of the things that now we can do, and it's so much easier, and, and, and frankly, sometimes the only way to do things. 
um, and I'm I'm very very happy with how we're progressing on the consumer digital capabilities, and you know um, I think that's 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 great work there, and we're making progress in uh, AI ML. Um, mm. In we started there really uh, not on the clinical side, so not on the medical side. That's that's I think a lot more. A lot more complex and yeah. complicated than, but we started with things that we can apply models to operations uh, that, frankly, are very similar to uh, things that have been done by others outside, even by myself or ourselves, you know, in, in previous lives. You know, uh, oper- you know, a um, optimizing a, a a process with through the through my free ML is something that we've been doing for a while. So therefore. We started there, and I'm 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 pleased with the with the progress there. But again, there's so much more to be done. Um, um, it's a uh, it's a work in progress. Shalkia, what's trending this week? Every week, I will do some research on the recent tech innovations and pick one that I find interesting to share with you. And this week's innovation is about the UK government. Because they launched a 1.5 million pound program to support the use of AI to reduce carbon emissions. And that AI for decarbonization program is part of the wider 1 billion net zero innovation portfolio. And this program aims to accelerate the commercialization of low carbon technologies and business models. So the AI for decarbonization will consist of two initial stages. The first stage will provide up to 500,000 pounds of funds to create a virtual center of excellence on AI innovation and decarbonization through March 2025. And stage two is where the remaining 1 million pounds will be used to fund innovative AI-powered decarbonization projects. So the UK is really seeking to increase its energy independence following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the weaponization of supplies. So do you know what the underlying AIs that they're using? So like, what exactly are they doing? Do you know? No, that's not really clear, but they are really looking for new projects to be funded to really work on these types of projects or types of challenges, to be honest. Mm. Basically, it's a fund. Uh, If you have a good project that you want to build or something that you want to uh, invest on, you can use that fund of the UK government. Are they looking for anybody to sort of pitch in and apply to that fund to be able to use technology to drive the decarbonization effort? Yeah, they're really looking for projects to bid for funding. Yeah. (laughs) So the new energy infrastructure to increase supply will take a long time to build. So reducing demand in the meantime is extremely important. And two leading solutions to that are improving the installation of homes and businesses and using technologies like AI to optimize the processes. Yeah, they've been doing that whole insulating houses thing for quite a while, haven't they? I wonder how AI is actually going to improve that. That is very difficult to say at this moment because the amount of information for this project is still very limited. But Mm. uh, let's hope that we will find out in the upcoming period if there is any news around this. All right. Okay, we like to end each show by asking our guests what they're excited about doing next. So, Tony, what are you excited about doing next? Are you excited? It could be anything from I'm looking forward to, you know, walking the dog all the way through to a, a big next phase of your transformation program. Well, I think, so you, I, I mentioned earlier, we're in a, a phase uh, that really is 
I call foundational and still mm-hmm. in terms of for consumer, for patients. Access, a lot of it is about access to information, to, to care. But I think the next thing, next generation of our transformation will be around all those things that we can do to um, improve their health, not just provide health care, improve their health in, mm-hmm. in even in between um, the uh, in, interactions that we have, the encounters, the the visits to to, the, to our doctors. So would that be the sort of thing where you're trying to encourage healthy lifestyles and uh, you know monitoring and things like that? I, I, that's exactly right. So you were mentioning earlier, very early on, about um, uh, sensors. There is so much now becoming available. You know, clearly all of us, well, some of us at least, um, have the Apple Watch, and then there's a wealth of information coming from there. But the other things that and that that kind of they carry, they stay with us 24 hours a day. And how do we harness that to provide as much as possible, you know, a better uh, the ability for for uh, consumers and patients to manage their their health better. Amazing, amazing. And when do you think? Is it too early to say when you might be getting that to market? Probably, probably. We can still have some uh, catch up to do, but uh, you know, we always the the way we I like to do things and you know start somewhere small and 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 then and then evolve. Um, as, as much as possible, and you know, frankly, is um, you know, all of us are getting old. At least I am getting more older. Amen. And, Me too. Yes, and therefore, I look for those those things that I would want to have in terms of uh, you know, supporting my my health and my well being. Uh, you know, uh, permanently or constantly. Indeed. Well, we will look forward to seeing that greatly, and uh, many. Thanks for your time today and for the insights that you've given us into your process and transformation. We wish you the very best of luck with it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So a huge thanks to our guest this week. Tony, thank you so much for being on the show with us. To our sound and editing wizard, Ben, and of course, to all of our listeners. So we are on LinkedIn and Twitter, Dave Chapman and Xiao Kizal. Feel free to follow or connect with us and let us know if you have any ideas for the show. And of course, if you haven't already done that, rate and subscribe to our podcast. See you in another reality next week. Music